It's the Cavaliers Basketball Club Podcast. It's basketball time to go. Love picks up Curry. The shoot around. Welcome back to the club. The Cavs training camp has officially started with Media Day being held at the beginning of this week. We got to hear some more insights from JB and Kobe Altman about their assessment of the team and its future. In addition to that, we heard from Love, Rubio, Mobley, Lavert, Garland, and Allen. These players are clearly ready to get the season underway and had a lot to say. We will get into more of that later. Speaking of the season, we're planning on posting episodes every week, so please follow and rate us on Apple or Spotify, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date with our takes throughout the season. Cavaliers Muse on Twitter compared Evan Mobley's rookie season to Anthony Davis and Kevin Garnett's rookie year. It is impressive how Mobley stacks up. Is the NBA truly ready for how good this kid can be? What are your thoughts? I think we have a lot of expectations for Mobley. I don't know if everybody really understands how good he could be because this is like the fourth or fifth potential all-star Hall of Famer player that he's already been compared to, and it's only his second season. We've talked about Tim Duncan, Kevin uh, Durant, Garnett now, and with Anthony Davis. That's just, you know, four due to our you know, potentially going to the Hall of Fame, we're already there. So, yeah, I think uh, the NBA is ready for him to be amazing, but I don't know. They really don't have a handle on, like, what level of amazing yet. Yeah, I agree with that take. Um, But I think it's quickly going to be very common that this league knows what to expect. And the um, and maybe in some cases the expectations are going to be unfair, and we saw this. We've seen this in the past with one LeBron James. That uh, would he be the next Michael Jordan? Now we don't hear that about Mobley. Um, we because to me Michael is the pinnacle, right? And so he doesn't have that pressure because of the way that he his stature is, the way that he plays the game. Um, but simply the comparisons that are being floated around are still on that caliber of, oh my gosh, this guy is going to be a Hall of Fame superstar. And we'll get into it a little bit more, but simply what was said during media day about the man and what the organization feels and what the players feel, yeah, he's, um, he's got some high expectations for sure. But it also sounds like he is attempting to meet them. So, again, we'll get into that soon. With a lot to unpack from a two-hour event, what were your biggest takeaways from what everyone had to say? 
So as you mentioned, Adam, there is a lot to unpack here. There were a lot of players made available. JB and Altman kicked off the day to talk to the media. And in the question itself, it was a two-hour event. So there was a lot of talking going on and a lot of answers. The first person I really wanted to kick off with was my take with JB. JB was asked kind of about the mentality of the team going into the season and how they embraced the underdog mentality last year and if any of that's changed. And according to him, you don't change who you are because of expectations. So he still believes this team is still an underdog because they didn't do anything last year. Yeah, they won 44 games, but they did not go to the playoffs. They did not win any type of conference championship. And so the expectations should still be acting as an underdog and to earn that respect, which I found enlightening because I kind of enjoy that type of mentality. The other thing I found fascinating with um, Altman was Altman again kind of hedged and talked about how there's a runway with this team because of their youth. But then he also mentioned later in one of his answers that he's hopeful that he doesn't have to make any more moves or trades with this team. So he seems pretty confident in the structure of the roster right now. So I was happy to hear that, but it's also just kind of intriguing seeing a, a president of basketball operations, their mentality where... He's really trying to tamper expectations to make sure this team doesn't get slammed by the media if they don't play well. Because um, he doesn't, he really doesn't want to be forced in a situation where he's having to make a bunch of moves again. Looking at my notes, very similar things. Just the fact that they seem to be so excited that they're here. Mitchell, resoundingly, every time the questions were asked on him, it was, you know, why did you go for this guy? And why him? Why why now? And they were lockstep with, this is the kind of player that puts us over the edge. And you hear that from a few other players as well in their interviews. But just knowing that the GM and now the president of basketball operations and then the coach of the team feel so strongly that this is somewhat of a final piece. To your point... They really want to temper expectations for now because they know that not only uh, will the NBA kind of be frothing at the mouth if this team does not achieve greatness overnight, which is ridiculous, but the Cavs are going to have a shortened window because nobody wants them to be good anyway. But simply that they are looking at the next four to five years of being such a solid basketball team at their core with four or five, frankly, superstars. Let's not even remotely stop and think about how Kevin Love is their sixth man right now. But when right. he's gone, what can we bring in at his contract right. uh, salary? <laughs> This team is literally the Warriors of the East. I keep saying yeah. it. If we play it right, we are there. And you could tell that from JB and Altman's perspective, they know it too. There are things said by everyone during media today that it was like, you know, they don't listen to our podcast, but I'm really <laughs> happy that the things we've been saying are exactly how they feel. It's it's exciting. They alluded to, I, I forget who it was exactly, but somebody during media day talked more about, you know, it should be a 50, they should have had 50 wins last year. 
That was Love. Yeah, Kevin Love said, We have the makings of a team with four all-stars. We won't be surprising people if we put it all together, so we have to take that next step and mature. We can't let teams off the hook. We were right there and could have been playing into May and June, but with Donovan, another year of continuity and health is their biggest is the biggest factor. With so many missed guys last year, that's what really hurt us. We could have been a 50-win team if we had been healthy. And I put, yes, because <laughs> that's, that's what we said. We're like, everybody that didn't pay attention to the year before thought that this season was special. But it turned out to actually be a disappointment if you really knew what we could have done. So, Well, exactly. And, and that was kind of the overall feeling with a lot of the guys who were more veterans on the squad. Levert was kind of the newest guy that was a part of Media Day. He understood that the team did not perform up to snuff. That the expectations are potentially higher this year because of how talented their roster is. But last year, the expectations were the same. You know, in the mindset of we are a playoff caliber team and that's how we want to play and get further in the NBA. So yeah, I, I agree with with all that mindset. You, you and Kevin Love are, are more in sync than uh, you realize. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kevin, for all the things I've ever said. <laughs> it was all just in the name of the the critical aspects of the game. It was never personal. Oh well, but speaking of personal, a little bit, you know, some of these things for me, I look at a little bit of body language, and Love alluded to how he felt comparable to when he first came to the Cavs, but also I do feel like he had more of this quiet confidence in the interview process compared to previous years where they were more rebuilding. So we've discussed JB and Altman. What other things from the players did you notice or hear that kind of intrigued you? I have way too many notes to share <laughs> here. This would have been a good live stream. Um, but I'll kind of just do the highlights of the players that I have paid the most attention to. So starting with Garland, um, he enjoyed shooting a lot last year, but looks forward to Donovan shooting, and he loves getting his teammates involved. He liked the talent level last year, but feels we added more this summer. The backcourt should be a lot better. Same attitude. More talent. That's what he said about this coming season. The team really has added. They'll be hunting more. They need to treat every game like it's their best. They really need to realize that moving forward, everybody in the NBA is going to have a higher expectation of what they're going to get from these guys. He feels that Donovan is just going to work his way in, take his time and see how he can lead. He's being vocal and trying to keep guys accountable. And for him, he's just trying to listen and learn from Donovan. But at the same time, he's trying to help him learn the system as quickly as he can and talk through any issues that might you know, come up. Um, and he also feels that the entire team is here for them. They're all excited to play with Mitchell. And then he also, as an ending point for him, no pressure on them right now. They're just young guys trying to go out and win games. They don't feel pressure in the locker room. They feel that the media uh, has the most pressure 
and kind of brings up all of those things. And they just, they're there to play at a high level every night. And that's all they're focused on. Also, Allen, I was really interested by a lot of what he had to say. He said that, you know, his approach every offseason is the same, just to improve his game and get his conditioning up. He thought that they were capable of making the playoffs last year and left a lot on the table. Feels that Mitchell should be able to help the team over that hump. He felt that even though Mitchell would help them take that next step, he was sad to see the guys go that were there. And he was one of the few people that I heard make that statement. I know that Altman addressed it in the Mitchell presser when they announced him being there. Really to hear it from one of the players, I thought was special. Because there were a few times that players talked about Mitchell being a guy that wasn't going to try to take over games and do it all himself. And it made me think about Sexton. I had a hard time not wondering... Is that a negative to his game that made the Cavaliers and the players feel like this is a better fit? Especially when they talk about character and, and wanting to be able to play more as a team. And, and I'll leave this that Allen said that Donovan's character makes him a great fit on this team. That he's willing to help the team win. He's not going to try and carry the team by himself. He's going to find areas to fit in instead of what they, I guess they had before. You know, it was a little bit of a weird comment. And then later, Love made a similar comment. Garland made similar comments. It's like, hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be sensational, but just knowing that he was a major leader before, uh, and we certainly know that in certain games he did try to take it on himself. But to me, that's maybe an unfair assessment, considering that that is the MO of, of the NBA a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. That when it comes down to the wire, the main guy is supposed to to do it all to kind of piggyback on the comments that were hedged around sexton jb also mentioned with mobley and mobley's style of play i'm I, the only reason why i'm backtracking is it's the style of play where they were talking about how mobley needs to be able to do so many things on the floor it doesn't mean that he has to score first he can impact the game in many different ways. And I kind of wonder if that's what they also see with Mitchell, where, yes, Mitchell is a scorer. He's a shooting guard. He's going to put up buckets. But he has the potential to do other things on the floor that impact the team positively, where I don't think that Sexton wasn't able to do that, but I do wonder if they noticed that Sexton's go-to move was, I'm just going to start scoring. I'm just going to be the primary scorer for this stretch, you know, even these couple of minutes when the coaching staff and the rest of the team might be like, well, no, we need you to draw like a double team here and, you know, dump it out in the corner. So, there might be a dynamic there where you and I are kind of seeing into things. there Because there definitely was maybe something there. You could see some frustration from certain teammates yeah. at times when Sexton was on the floor of, yeah. of how the offense was running and how they were really you know gelling as a team at times. Yeah. But to talk about Allen real quick, I agree with you. I love that he was commented on how he's going to miss the rest of the guys that he played with. I really loved what Rubio was saying where he feels comfortable here in Cleveland and that he has unfinished business. So here's an NBA vet who he's trying to make this his championship run. He is trying to come back healthy and contribute to a team 
that Ashley is going to get to a championship level because he's never been in that place in the NBA. So I found that really intriguing. And Mobley, his initial question about how he was improving his game while he's sitting up there on the podium is, oh, I was working out a lot. And he's just, he is a huge man already. But clearly he's been doing bench press and like getting his, his uh, you know, he's got the gun show out. And he's just like, yeah, I've been working out a lot. And it's just like, yeah, we, I we noticed, um, which I just thought was kind of funny because he's such a, he's such a dry kind of personality and just very matter of fact. And, you know, he doesn't even need to say that. It's like, yeah, we see that you've been to the gym and you're working out, Evan. Yeah. How, how else might you be working out on your game? So I thought that was fun. Something so exciting that I, I don't remember who exactly mentioned it, but I know they talked about how he's, he's hurt that he didn't get rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, it was Garland, I think. Yeah, I think it was Garland. Yeah. I was looking through my notes, but either way, like just the fact that it was brought up at all that this guy is hungry because he feels like the NBA missed out. Everybody missed out on acknowledging his greatness. And so now he's gone harder in the off season to come back and prove it. It's like, yes, that, that is always the type of player that I want on my team. Somebody that just has a constant chip on their shoulder to, to improve and be the best. Mitchell spoke with the media after practice and seemed to glow when talking about the coaches and his teammates. What was your take? Mitchell is clearly media savvy. He has a great presence. I really loved a, a few of the comments he put out there, one of which he talked about how the team is talking more because it was brought up on media day that Mitchell was talking a lot during practice and really trying to engage everybody and, and communicate on the floor. And so a reporter had asked, oh, is everybody kind of quiet out there? And Donovan said, no, actually, people are talking again. They kind of saw what I was doing, and now they're doing that more. He apparently knows Evan Mobley all the way back to when Mobley was in high school, and he just made a, a funny comment about how Mobley doesn't talk much, and he heard him talk more at practice than he's ever heard in his entire life, which I thought was a very funny quip, but also shows you how Evan Mobley is a very just always seems to be very serious in how he's approaching the game and just wants to be a really great professional basketball player. The other thing I found intriguing too with Mitchell, he kind of had this reaction, this uh, visual reaction of how the team is really emphasizing defense. And he kind of looked a little overwhelmed for a second. And I think that Utah had a good defense. They were ranked ninth last year amongst 30 teams clearly jb we know he's a defense-minded coach and i think that mitchell kind of was like not used to how many defensive sets and defensive communication uh this cavaliers squad has and that was intriguing to me because this is a brand new day for him it's a brand new experience so i found that intriguing as well as he kind of had this reaction, this this look of there's a lot of, uh, of defensive-minded uh, coaching here. I love that he mentioned the intensity of practice really stuck out. 
that uh, and he felt that because of that, they had a lot of potential to do some some really big things. Um, because of his age, he felt a little winded, which I thought was funny uh, because he acknowledged that it's a very young team. And almost from day one, he has said that. The fact that Evan, Darius, and Jared are quieter, like you mentioned, but are still assertive as leaders on the court, I thought was a really interesting comment. He's trying to build good habits, recognizes that the coaches are doing a lot of the hard work, that he felt that JB is really kind of the biggest reason why this team is going to have success. I thought that was interesting. He said that enough is a championship, and you do your best to get there, but all you can do is lay the groundwork. You also have to get lucky and stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Which we talk an awful lot about, but he said championship championships are not just the goal of his, but also a goal for this team. And that's what he appreciates about the Cavs. He felt that spacing should be more easily achieved with Garland out there, but it's about building the lineups throughout. And he was excited to figure out how everybody will play together. Focus and attention to details, a huge part of getting better at defense that um, now that he can take some attention off of his offense, he'll be able to give more to his defense, which Mm-hmm. That sounds familiar. I don't. Who Weird. said that? I'm not, not sure. I'd have to go I, back. I don't One, think I was. Some Cavs podcast <laughs> mentioned that about him being a better defender if he didn't have to work so hard on offense. But well, anyway, we remember who said it. And then uh, Love also feels that he is the piece that will take them to a championship. That's what he said to him when he heard that the trade happened. So um, even though they are like you said, downplaying it as much as they can and giving this team as much room as they can to grow. They know what they have. They know that they've got something very exciting. Mitchell's interview proved that, I think. So. The final seconds. Are these media events a little redundant? I think they kind of are. I don't really think that they need to be two hours long. And one thing that I found a little frustrating as a viewer was how many repeat questions there were, especially since everybody was in the same room. So everybody can hear the same question over and over again. And I know the point is to try to get a storyline or a through line of this is how Darius responded to this question. And this is how JB responded to this question you're allowed to have other questions. I felt that that's why there was some redundancy is you can add some extra pizzazz on some of these questions. I would have been excited to have them out there like three or four at a time. Like, let's just Mm -hmm. have them all out there. We can field questions back and forth and, and just kind of have them do it a little more team based, which is, you know, know, appropriate to the game. Anyway, I found if I started watching their interviews by about a third of the way through, or not a third, maybe two thirds of the way through, they started getting a little more silly. Like at one point, Kevin Love was asked, where, where does he want to eat when he's you know, out on the town? And he gave kind of the answer that I would expect, which is, I want privacy, so I'm not going to tell you where I want to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all fluff at some point. So. Dean Wade got a contract extension. What does that say about the Cavs' future plans? I think there was a lot of rumor, certain hints floated around at the end of the season, what they may do at the small forward position. And they had talked about that JB was interested in using him there. And I think because Markinen was moved, now it's an absolute that you're going to be seeing him both in the power forward position, but also in the small forward position. And it's a real opportunity for him. And he should feel comfortable that now that he's been signed to three years, 18.5 million, 
he can just relax and focus on basketball. I've always thought that Dean has a ton of potential. Now I hope that he can truly show us that potential. Oh, definitely. We are for sure Dean Wade fans here on this podcast. And I think that it shows, too, that this organization knows how to develop talent. This is a guy who was not supposed to be this good. He was not supposed to contribute this well on what everyone is now saying is a top five, top four Eastern Conference team. And I think that it shows that the Cavs' future is bright. The one thing I would like to add is I really hope that this means that Lamar Stevens is next because I think he's another guy that deserves some guaranteed cash. Allen was the only player that stated he would miss his former players. Was that odd? I think it speaks to how Allen is a true professional. I think that the more you see him interact with the media and his teammates, he is a, a just a guy that comes across as somebody who is inquisitive and insightful and definitely empathetic in this situation of what those guys are going through. He has been traded. He was traded from a team that was supposed to be a contender and um, there were rumors that Durant was going there and everything and Harden and all that stuff. And it turns out he's having to, you know, be shipped out. So I think that he just understands it is a business. And so guys yeah, shouldn't take it too personal, but at the same time, it does kind of suck for folks. I didn't find it to be odd. I found it to be classy. And I think that um, that's just the nature of the game, that um, these players are going to do their best to work with each other and make these um, make their skills, their differences in their skill sets fit. And I think they were genuinely excited to play with Markinen and with Sexton. And I think that even the promise of what Ochai Abaji could be, it would have been really cool to see how he'd fit on this team. So, uh, as I mentioned before, I was just appreciative that he mentioned it at all, that he brought it up at all. You know, it's, it's just a business, but it, I'm sure those guys were still a little hurt to have to, to leave what we're doing here, especially somebody like Sexton. So, it was just a classy thing for him to do. Do you think that Garland is truly ready to be the leader of this team? I think he thinks he's ready, and I think the Cavs think he, that he's ready. So, I'm going to say yes. I think we have to now give him the benefit of the doubt because he did a great job last season of taking those reins. And with another season to prove that, with a guy like Mitchell coming in, it'll be interesting to see how he shares the ball, how he shares that responsibility. And um, that's part of leadership as well, when you can still defer and trust your teammates around you. What I really liked what I heard in the media conference was that each player was impressed with how he remained in touch with them during the offseason and that he was committed to not only building a stronger relationship with each one of them, but also having an opportunity to work out with them and uh, get better on the court together. I've always believed that the, what these guys put in in the offseason is a big reason why they have any success in the regular season. And that starts with the mentality of a champion. And that usually is somebody that pushes everybody to still be together and 
be focused on that end goal no matter what time of year it is. Yeah, I think that Darius better be the leader. I think that Altman brought it up, JB alluded to it, that he is the leader of this team. I think they brought in Mitchell to not only support Darius's leadership, but also to be that Northern Light, what you and I had mentioned, which was, or alluded to earlier, which is that Mitchell can be that player who has had that recent playoff experience, has been a guard who has been the primary scorer and ball handler for a very good Western Conference team. So I think Darius can learn from that more and can see what those new wrinkles of leadership kind of bring uh, with having a guy like Mitchell on the floor. And I do agree with you. I think that Darius clearly has some type of magnetism in his personality that brings people together and most importantly, his teammates together. And um, he's, he's embracing that. And that's cool to see. And I'm very hopeful that that will lead to the Cavs' success this season. Thank you for listening to the Cavaliers Basketball Club podcast. Let's go Cavs! Cavs!